sanctuary this very moment just fill our hearts anew with a fresh outpouring a fresh anointing of your holy spirit father god may we continue to be being filled in the name of our lord and savior fresh outpouring of your spirit father refreshing times of refreshing times of restoration, a season of healing, and a time to move forward in a new power, a fresh anointing, new grace that abounds, super abounds in Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead and give God a hand. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank God for his presence here this morning. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in a time of worship. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want to continue for a moment in, in worship of him and receiving of our tithes and offerings this morning. In Luke chapter 6, 38, Jesus made this statement concerning giving among many other instructions he gave to people so you have to when you keep it in context it makes more sense as far as being sometimes people say was that really mean for us today well let me ask you this are we supposed to uh, no longer judge other people today Amen. are we supposed to forgive one another today Amen. and yet it gets a whole series here of uh uh, imperatives for us concerning loving our enemies, not judging, forgiving others. Then in verse 38, right in the mix of all this, he, he, he makes this statement. He says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. That is just as true in the realm of a giving unto the Lord as it is true that the amount of seeds you plant in your garden this spring is going to determine the amount of uh, produce you receive in the fall. It's a, it's, a, it's a law of the Spirit. God has set it in motion. And so as we continue to honor Him by the giving of our tithes and our offerings, just know that God is in this. He's in it for you. He's in it with you. And He desires for you to continue to give and that uh, he's interested in giving it back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, and pouring it onto your lap, not just so you can continue to build bigger barns and store up more so that you have an abundance, every need is met, and that you have an abundance for every good work that you have to give as the Holy Spirit is leading, guiding, and directing you. So I want to encourage you to continue to be faithful when you're giving. There's different ways to give or listed on the screen there, and also... Uh, you can give right here in the sanctuary in the back at the, at the 
exit door there, there's a table with some offering baskets, also some offering envelopes if you prefer to give cash or if you give check, and you can do so right here in the sanctuary. Other than that, you use all your uh, digital electronic modes that are available, and uh, we will receive it however it comes. If you want to send your, your uh, collie dog over with a bag of cash, that's fine. We take that as well. <laughs> Praise God. So anyway, thank you for being faithful in your giving. And I appreciate it and believe God with you that is coming back to you. We're going to continue this morning on the series we've been doing the last several weeks entitled The Rock of Hope. How many people know it's imperative that we have a solid foundation in the Word of God, a sure confidence in God's Word, that we have a hope that's established on the promises of God's Word. And we're talking about a rock of hope. We're talking about, we're talking about a biblical hope. You know, there's a natural hope. Uh, I mentioned earlier about planting seeds in your garden. That's a natural hope. You're planting seeds in your garden, hoping that all things come together. There'll be an abundance of rain and nutrients in the soil and an abundance of sunshine. And you're hoping that it will, the result will be that you have some nice uh, healthy tomatoes or whatever it is that you're planting. That's a natural hope. A natural hope would be that if, uh, if I loan you $100, I'm hoping that you're going to pay it back. There's no guarantee I'm going to get it back, but I'm hoping I'm going to get it back. But when it comes to biblical hope, when we're talking about the hope from God's word, it, it's, it's more than just, a, it, it's not just a hope so, it is really, it, it's a confidence that what we were hoping for will actually happen. Uh, hope is defined as a profound certainty. It's also known as a favorable and a confident expectation. A favorable and a confident expectation, and it has to do with future, things that have not yet manifested. Of course, once you see something, once you have something, you no longer need to hope that it's going to be that way. It now is that way. But we're always hoping, based on biblical principles that God has made to us, that uh, we are going to see those principles, those promises manifested in due season. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about a rock of hope. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13, it says, These three will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. But let's not forget when we're reading that particular passage that it's called faith, hope, and love. Faith works by love. Faith is the substance of things to hope for. Many times people, they, don't, they, they we kind of neglect developing a confident, favorable expectation in our mind, in our attitude. We, we, we live without that confidence, that hope so, believing that God's promises are yes and amen. We, we, we think about developing our faith and we talk about developing and growing in the love of God and God's love for us and our love towards one another. But really, hope is every bit as important as, as uh, faith and love. They, they all, they, they work together. And so if, if faith is the substance of things hoping for, faith in God is no value to you if you're not hoping for anything and has nothing to work for. If you'll notice in our building, we have a thermostat on either side of the wall there. That's because uh, up, in the, up in the ceiling behind us, there's two big furnaces for heating, and outside there's four big air conditioners for cooling. The thermostat, when you come in here, you know, they're, they're programmed, but if you want to change that program, you can change it you know, to make it cooler or to make it warmer. You can't do that. You need a code to get in it, so just leave it alone, all right? <laughs> 
We have 17 of these thermostats in the building in the various rooms, and we're trying to keep them all where we want them. And different people think, oh, that's my thermostat. I pay my tithe here. Let me go ahead and put this where I want it. Now that I have that off my chest, let me go back to the message. <laughs> the thermostat, even in your home, when you, when you adjust your thermostat, that does not adjust the temperature in your house. It sends a hopeful signal to your heater, and the heater will come on, and your house will become warmer, or sends a hopeful signal to your air conditioner, and then your air conditioner will come on and make your house cooler. So think of your furnace and your air conditioner as faith. Think of your thermostat as hope, and hope is, is asking or sending a signal of what you desire it to be. Faith, your furnace or air conditioner, goes to work and brings about that which you're hoping for. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about a rock of hope. You can be assured that when you have a hope in God, a favorable, confident expectation that God's promises are true, they are yes and amen, and they are for you today, then you can rest assured that when, when that signal, when, when you put your hope and you offer up that prayer, you speak, that, you speak that forth that desire, that's hope putting, sending a signal for your faith to go to work. You keep walking in love. You keep loving God. You keep loving one another. You keep forgiving one another, and everything will be working just fine for you. Amen? It, it, really, it, can, it can be as complicated or as simple as we make it, so let's try and keep it as simple as possible. Today, I want to talk to you about hope, a future hope. Everyone say, a future hope. I want to read from Romans chapter 8. I'm going to read verses 18 through 25, then we'll come back and make some comments on it and give you some supporting verses to support uh, what I'm presenting to you today concerning a future hope. Remember, hope is always, hope really is always about the future. Once something's manifested, you don't hope. Now, you didn't come to church today hoping Pastor Ray is your, is, is your minister today. You're here and I'm here, so you can put that hope to rest. Put it to work for something else. You might be hoping that someone else preaches next week. Well, that would be legitimate hope. And you can put that to rest, too, because that's a reality. Nathan Miller's going to minister the word next Sunday morning. So, so put, your work, put your hope to work for something. But anyway, here we go. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Yet while we suffer now, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. You know, it says future day. God's going to reveal who his children really are. We are born again. We have the deposit of the Holy Spirit, but we're not yet what we're going to be. We're not what we were, but we're not yet what we're going to be. We have something to keep hoping for. Verse 20, against, against its will, all creation was, sub, was subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in a glorious freedom from death and decay. Looks forward to the day, future, hope. Verse 22, for we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future. And we say future. There's the future glory. You keep hoping for it. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope 
for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised, we were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must, we must wait patiently and confidently. So it's talking about a future hope. We are born again. We are God's adopted children, but we have not yet received the fullness of our redemption. You've heard me say it in the past. I, talk, I refer to it sometimes as when we talk about the kingdom of God, the reign of God on the earth. It's, an, it's already, but not yet. You know, the promises in there and they're spoken of in the now, but you don't have the full manifestation of it yet. As good as life is and as beautiful as creation is and, and it's gorgeous and it just, you know, I just admire creation. It's really, it's not nearly what it is going to be when God fully restores heaven and earth and, and we come into the fullness of our redeemed and glorified bodies. So we've, we've been given this hope when we were saved. Here's what I want to say, uh, share with you this morning. We have a hope for the future as well as a hope that comes from the future. We have a hope for the future as well as a hope that comes from the future. In 1 Corinthians 15 and 19. 1 Corinthians 15 and 19. It says, and if we hope in Christ, and if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are to be more pitied than anyone. I think the King James said, we are, if, if all you have is, is hope, you're most pitiful. You're most pitiful. And so if all you have is hope for right now, it's not a very good place to be living. You're not keeping your head up. You're not lifting your light. Your, your eyes aren't lifted up and you're not looking to Jesus. You're, you're looking around at everything that's around you and, and you are being aff affected by everything that's going on in the natural realm. All the, you see all, everything that's wrong rather than seeing a bright future that, that is still ahead for us. So as born again children of God, we always wanna keep our eyes on the, on the horizon. God has good things in store for us. Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, when he died at Calvary's cross and was buried and was resurrected, which we celebrated last Sunday, we celebrated Resurrection Day. And that was not just a day that we celebrate, but that is a life that we have received. And through the resurrection, we have received a hope from the future because Jesus brought the future he brought the foretaste of that, what the future is going to be. He brought it into our lives right now. When we received him as our Lord and Savior, we became a new creation. The power of sin and death was broken. The authority of sin and death has been broken over us. But how many people know that, yeah, you see that in the scripture, but here's a classic example. I still struggle. I still have some issues and there's some areas I still struggle in. Well, keep being hopeful. You have your full redemption. It's drawing near uh, and it's coming closer and closer with every moment and every day. So the power by which God will finally destroy all suffering, evil, and death at the end of time has broken into our current reality and is available, although partially it is substantial. It's available to us right now. 
what Jesus Christ has, what God has made available to us through Jesus Christ, through, through destroying and, 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 and the promise that, that the power of God will finally destroy all suffering, evil, and death at the end of time, we have a deposit of that life now. We have a down payment on it. And we, can, we must draw on it by the spirit of faith. We're hoping for it, and we draw on it by faith, and we bring what God has promised. It's future. I'm not experiencing yet, but by faith, I'm receiving it. But if I don't believe it, and I'm not hoping for it, I'm not sending the signal out there. I'm not adjusting my thermostat, and my air conditioner's not doing anything. So set the thermostat for a brighter future. Set your hope on things that are above. Set your hope on the promises of God that are yes and amen. And don't restrict your life and don't confine your thinking into your current, uh, and, and, and allow it to be limited by current realities. Things in this world are not that great. There's a lot that we can complain about. There's a lot that we think ought to be fixed and should be fixed, but you know, it's always been that way. Have you ever lived in a time when everything was perfect, when you just had the, you know, you had the perfect authorities, you had the perfect governments, you had the perfect schools, you had the perfect churches, you had perfect, everything was just the way it ought to be. Anybody? You know, some people talk about the good old days. What, what days you want to talk about? The days when they had polio and they didn't have any cure for it? Is that when you want to go back to that? You want to go back to World War I and World War II? How far do you want to go back? The good old days. You're living, in t you're living today, right now, and you have a hope for today and a hope for tomorrow. Amen? So you have a hope for the future. It's an eager hope. It's an anticipation of something better is yet to happen. Now, we don't just put off everything. Well, if, every, if, if some, uh, yes, yes, Pastor Ray, at the end of time, I know all things are going to be just fine. Well, yes, they are going to be just fine. But in the meantime, even while we're here, like the Apostle Paul said, he said, the sufferings, the things that we, we deal with right now, they're nothing compared to what we're going to have. But it doesn't mean we just sit here and wallow in our, in our grief and our sorrows. No, we apply faith, hope, and love, and we overcome that which we have been uh, graced with the ability to overcome. So we have uh, faith, which is our substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. And, and you continue to believe and have that hope and put your faith to work. I want to share some foundational scriptures for you to build this hope on from the Word of God. And the first one would be, uh, that I want to share with you is in Romans uh, chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Let's look at verses 4 and 5. It says, and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And verse 5 says, and this hope will not lead to disappointment. Don't be afraid to get your hopes up. I know when we have been, uh, when, when uh, pain has taken place, when, when trust has been violated and, and, and horrible things happen in life, many times in many different areas of life for, for different people, it's different for everyone, but in some areas it's just very difficult to get your hope up when you've been wounded, when, when you've been disappointed. But here's telling us that uh, 
that uh, said, endurance develops strength of character. Character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So reflect on these promises like this about the, the hope, a confident hope that will not lead to disappointment. How many would be able to say along with myself that there's certain areas of life that I've been very uh, pessimistic or very cautious about getting my hopes up because I've tried it before, or I've gotten my hope up in that particular area before, and it didn't, it, it, it didn't turn out the way I had hoped it would? You ever experienced that? You've been disappointed? You ever prayed for something that didn't happen? You've been disappointed? Well, we need to uh, not give up. We need to circle back and find out, okay, what is it that God has promised? What has, he, what has he promised for the environment, for the time and the season that I'm living in today? And what do the promises in his word, how are they applicable to my life? Do they apply to me in the right here and now? And if they do, then I can believe God for them and believe that they will be manifested in the here and now. And I believe that uh, I am moving forward in a, in a positive direction and, and things are getting brighter and brighter and it's going to be a new day and the hope that I have in Almighty God will not lead to disappointment. It will not lead to disappointment. I may have a season of darkness. I may be walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but I will fear no evil. God is with me. I am walking through. I'm not camping in it. So let's stop camping in these valleys of disappointment. Let's walk through the valleys of the shadow of death. Let's, come, let's continue to walk, walking forward into the fullness and into the presence of God. Now in Romans 5, don't, uh, don't be afraid of hope leading to disappointment. Keep your trust in God. In Romans chapter 4, verse 18, this is talking about Abraham. Abraham was quite... Uh, uh, up in years, and his wife Sarah was up in years, and God had promised them a child that he would become a father of many nations. And from a natural standpoint, it just didn't look like it made any sense. There's no reason to get your hopes up. There's no reason to believe that. But uh, just listen to this as I read these verses or, or read along. Verse 18, for when, we, for when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. There was no reason for hoping Abraham kept hoping. That's what I want you to grab a hold of. Many times in our lives, it appears like there's, when you look around in the natural, there's no reason to get your hope up, but let's continue to hope. He kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations, for God had said to him, so what he was hoping for was what God had promised, and that's what we can hope for. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Verse 20 says, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God, for he was fully convinced, verse 21, he was fully convinced that God was able to do whatever he promises, and because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. So I just uh, love the way it's stated here when, in verse 18. says, when there was no reason for a hope, he kept 
hoping. He kept hoping. Then the analogy of his life, his age, and God's promise. It didn't make any sense. It didn't look like it was feasible. It didn't look like it was possible. But he kept hoping. We all have circumstances like that in our lives where it just doesn't look possible. Keep believing. Keep hoping. Hope that will not lead you to disappointment. Keep your faith, your trust, and your confidence in Almighty God. And God is coming through for you, and he will continue to come through for you. And, and you, can, you, have the, you have the guaranteed assurance that the end result is going to be good. But you don't put everything off to the end. You receive the deposit. You receive the down payment on it. You, re, you, you receive by faith that which you can believe God for and receive now in Jesus' name. Amen? Hope for the future. Hope for the future. We have a hope for the future as well as a hope that comes from the future. Your future is bright with promise. That's what you draw on. You draw on that. Say, what do I draw on? How do I, how do I know what to draw on? On the things, Abraham, he, he, what he, when he was able to uh, hope when there was no reason to hope, what he was hoping was he was hoping that what, and believing was that God would do what he said he would do. That is where your hope is. That God will do what he said he would do. That's what you put your hope in. One more foundational scripture. It's found in Romans chapter 15. Verse 4. I also want you to look at, uh, we're going to look at verse 4, then also verse 13. But in 15, 4, it says, Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. Hope is that anchor. Hope is that that keeps you believing even when it doesn't look like you have any reason to believe other than what God has said, which that is the, that is the ultimate reason for believing. God said it. God promised it. You believe it, and you put your hope in it based on the word of God. So it's, that's why it's important to be a student of the word of God, to be familiar and, and to know those things that God has spoken and, and what the scriptures have to say concerning you know, your current situation, that you can, you can find the verses and the promises of God's word, and you can, you can base your hope and your faith and your confidence in that. Then in verse 13, Romans 15, verse 13, it says, I pray that God, the source of hope, everyone say the source of hope. God is your source of hope. If you're looking anywhere other than God for your source of hope, you're opening yourself up for discouragement or disappointment. The natural hope that I talked about, you can, you, there, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with you planting seeds in your garden this spring. Matter of fact, it's recommended. You enjoy doing that. That's, it's, it's, it's reasonable. 
It's not foolish at all. You plant your seeds with a natural hope, believing that those seeds will sprout and they will produce a harvest for you. That is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's a hope that the Bible offers that supersedes a natural hope. And God is the source of it. God is your source. This hope that I'm talking about that comes from the future. Because of what God has declared about the future, there, there's coming a time, as, as wonderful as creation is, creation, you think about it. We had our, our prayer huddle here this morning at 9.30, and someone always gives a devotional, and Evan gave the devotional this morning during the prayer time, and he's talking about how they had just had the opportunity to be on a cruise and, and talked about uh, how, how being... Uh, able to go snorkeling. He said, you put, you, you put your snorkeling gear on and you get under the water. He said, it's a whole new world, a whole new environment. Talked about the beauty of creation and just how beautiful and marvelous it was. And just, uh, you know, just, he was just, you could tell, he was just, uh, uh, just uh, in, in awe of the beauty of God's creation, all the species of fish, the, the brilliance of their colors and the plant life and just marvelous. A whole new world is the way he put it. Creation is beautiful. I, 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 you know, Nancy and I enjoy creation. We enjoy mountains. We enjoy hiking. We, we, just, we, we enjoy taking in the beauty of, of nature. But yet, in reality, the earth is under a curse. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, a curse came onto the earth and on, on humanity. Jesus redeemed us from the curse. But we're still living in a cursed environment. And the earth is groaning. We read this in Romans chapter 8. It's groaning, and, and, you know, that's why things are going on. That's why, you know, we, we, you have earthquakes, and that's why you have the weather patterns that you have and the and disturbance in weathers and hurricanes and tornadoes and all these different things that are going on. And, and uh, you know, but there's a day coming. The promise that we have and the hope that we have from the future is that through the redemption and the guarantee we have of it is the, is the redemption, is the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, brought the future into the now, and we are going to that future that he brought into the now. We're coming into the fulfillment of There's coming a day when we are going to be completely restored, completely redeemed. We're going to have our new glorified body. We're no longer going to be subject to sin, no longer going to be subject to sorrow, no longer going to be subject to pain. We're no longer going to be subject to disappointment. Sin and death has no power over us. It is completely rendered void. And there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. I mean, the best is yet to come. Go ahead, enjoy snorkeling, enjoy climbing your highest mountains, enjoy your skiing, enjoy your oceans, enjoy everything about it, but it's only a foretaste of what is yet to come. This is not nearly as good as it's going to be. You can hope and rightfully hope based on scripture that the best is yet to come. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's going to get better. It's getting better in Jesus' name. I'm going to base that and believe that based on what God has promised. I know that future is bright. I will not be disappointed in Jesus' name. Would you please stand to your feet? I pray today in Jesus' name that your hearts would be flooded with light so that you can come to an understanding of the confident hope 
from the very source of hope, our Heavenly Father. Lord, open the eyes of our understanding to a greater reality, to see the promises of your word, to see the promise of the future of a new heaven and a new earth, to see the promise of a future when death has absolutely lost its power, lost its sting. Sin, pain, and sorrow are completely destroyed. They have no influences over any longer. But we are living in a realm of the fullness of our redemption. We thank you for that bright future, for that picture, for that thought. And Father, as we're traveling there, as we're pilgrims going from here to there, may our hope remain intact. That even on our journey, we can experience the promises of God, which are yes and amen. We can experience that you are still the same God. You provided back then, you're providing today. You're the same God you healed back then and you're healing today you're, and we're coming into fullness of health tomorrow in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. Just open, Father, just pray that open our eyes to a greater revelation and understanding that we can walk out of here with a confidence that we can go into, we can face tomorrow we can face tomorrow with a confident hope based on the written word of God, the Holy Scriptures. And it's a hope that will not allow us to be disappointed in Jesus' name. I pray that over every person in here today. Thank you for it, Father. Now, if you're in here today or you're watching online and you never uh, come into this uh, saving grace through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, please know that Jesus Christ has paid for all of our sin. He is the one who redeems us of our sin. He's the Savior of the whole world. So let's just say that together. Say, thank you, Jesus. I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Be filled with the hope and the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you abundantly. If you have any other need for prayer, if you'll... Uh, 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 where am I going to send you today? I'm going to send you to the back of the auditorium. You're going to make a left to the Connection Center. And there's some people back there who would just love to meet with you and to pray with you if you have anything in particular that you want prayer for. So uh, God bless you. Have a terrific, terrific rest of the day.